Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The score! NBA champion, two-time NBA executive of the year, represented by his wife, Thelma, Basketball Hall of Famer and former Bulls general manager, Jerry Krause. The familiar voice of former Bulls play-by-play man Neil Funk brought out of retirement to serve as MC of the ill-fated halftime production. So I was out hiking yesterday. I didn't get a get a chance to hear. What did you think of it? The whole thing? Yeah. I mean, the I thought everybody's heart was in the right place, and it just ended up being unfortunate for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that's unfortunate about it is you didn't you didn't have Rodman Jordan Pippen. Right, and then you you had guys come in from all over, including Luke Longley like 20 hours in or whatever it is into historic cold weather from Australia and didn't even announce him. The guy's yeah. just sitting there and like, hi, I'm here. Hello, who's that guy? Hi, I'm here. Know, right? uh, it's Luke Longley, I think. Yeah. And I really like this idea. Um, and I heard Golf talking about it on, on, the, on the Full Go podcast, which his latest episode is terrific. I agree with him in a lot of ways, but in one particular thing, to me, you can't have Jerry Sloan without Norm Van Leer. Like that, that seemed oh, that's, odd to I me. I said that when the first list came out. Like I, I, I don't like that, but you know we're biased because obviously, like we love Norm, but it just seems like those two guys have to go together. You would think. Anyway, when it came to the Krause stuff. I'm surprised and then I'm not surprised by some of the takes that people have had over the last few days kind of justifying it where maybe like I I'm I guess I'm kind of tired of bending over backwards to try and understand people you know that he's been dead for almost a decade and I think six, be, six years right he died in 2017 seven years ago I think okay so, one, for you to have that thought, well, in, in the moment of celebration to have that thought that I'm going to boo a dead man who hadn't done anything wrong. Like, Jerry Krause wasn't a criminal. Like, he wasn't a bad person. He had disagreements, which 
Jordan himself even said you should probably bury the hatchet with all of this stuff now, Mm. you know, years and years later. I just thought it was like, why are you doing that? Like it, it, it just felt so wrong and it, you know, why, why in large part, because of what the last dance finally cemented. This is one, the moment he died, they Jordan and the Jordan stands and Pippen to some extent, it was over. They won. They, 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 they baked that cake and it's done and there's no one doing it. Yeah, but the but thing is, is that they they won, but everyone else won. Like, everyone won titles. No, I'm saying they— Partially they, because of Jerry oh, Krause. Sure, of course, we, we, well, we know that, but they, I, they won that, the battle over the legacy. Right, but even with them winning the battle over the legacy, why do you feel it's necessary for you to carry out the dirty business— of booing a dead man because Jordan stands are stupid. Okay, and I mean, that's, and, that's and, probably and, a good answer. And, and a lot of sports fans are stupid. And I, I thought that was the part of the way that, that Parkins made the point that I found valid. That it's sports fans in an arena with the anonymity of being able to look at a screen and just shout out your first emotion. So sports fans in general are going to do aberrant stuff just because they do. And if there's one thing we know, it's a, it, the Jordan, like, like the, the, the Jordan absolutists and the Jordan supremacists are, are uniquely stupid <laughs> and always have been. We discussed this at length on, on the recent episode of, of the Organizations Win Championships podcast. Shout out to the, the name of the podcast being about what Jerry Krause said mm-hmm. and, and understanding what it meant. When he said that and being mindful of, of him being right about that. That's why it's called what it's called. And it's this, you know, I think you know, Jason made this point too. You're, you're talking about the same group of people that actively refuses to even appreciate LeBron James because the very existence of him dares to threaten something that's so central to the identity of some fans that won't even acknowledge even right now, do you know that what LeBron is doing at age thirty nine? The, the current statistical thresholds. I saw that uh, Mike Garrigan tweeted this. N- only once in the history of the NBA has somebody put up the stats that he's putting up now, and it was Larry Bird at age thirty. Hmm. Like it is unfathomable. It's incomprehensible what he's doing. But these are the same people that won't even for a minute, they will cover their ears and go, nah, 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 and, and just refuse to exist in any sort of reasonable reality about I, that. I guess that, I guess what I'm tired of is there not being any shame. And I get the anonymity of it. We've seen the cruelty of people when there is an opportunity to be cruel and you can be anonymous by it. But the the idea that we should just allow it without condemning it, I I don't know. Like I I'm not comfortable with that. I think understanding it is one thing, and then taking the time to. I, I think you, you can do all things. I think you can you can understand that it should have been expected. I certainly would have expected it if someone had told me that's how it was going to go. They asked me what are the fans going to do. I said they're going to boo. You're going to hear more boos than cheers. I would have told them that. Because that's what happens. Jerry Cross always gets booed when his name comes up. 
always has, and apparently always will, because that's just how it is. So I think it would be naive to imagine that all of a sudden a, an arena full of sports fans all all jacked up from after the Bulls' best half of basketball in a year and buzzer beaters and three-pointers falling from the sky, that their initial reaction is going to be measured. But I, But I guess it doesn't have to be measured, but you're here on a night of celebration. Correct. You're not here on a night of flogging. If if they had if the Bulls had said we're going to have our first annual flogging of of Bulls greats stone them great <laughs> yes. great bring your tomatoes and oranges and everything else that you can carry and bring them on over to the United Center now that's a fun show I think we, we you should you know, Ray write that down the the Bulls ring of dishonor no the night of flogging. <laughs> Well, we do the ring of dishonor. And no, then we- it's not going to be a ring of anything. It's going to be like, no, we're just going to flog these people, and that's it. Okay. So we just call it the Bulls Ring of Dishonor <laughs> night of featuring flogging. flogging. Yeah, featuring the night of, as commemorated by the night of flogging. Flogging included. Yes. And Peacock. Also included. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, no, it's going to be exclusively on Peacock. Okay. Look, it, it, just, it just seems so awful. Like when you're you're seeing people just it's so awful. And people need to be told about themselves in those situations. If that was your first reaction, that kind of means you're a bad person. If that was your reaction, like inside of a celebration, if your first reaction was, I'm going to boo this dead man. Oh, and there's his wife. Let her hear the rain of booze, too. Because why are you upset? Well, Michael Jordan told me to yeah, be upset. Jordan said I should be. Because he was, Krause was short and ugly and, and, and secretive and insecure. And Jordan told me I should boo him. And a winner. And Krause is single-handedly <laughs> responsible for the Bulls not having more championships because Jordan said. Right, but even if you even if you believe that that's if you believe that narrative, which is wrong, right, and you were there and you were reporting on it at the time, mm-hmm. he still is the most successful general manager in the history of Chicago sports. Whose resume is as good as his? Jim no Finks, that eighty-two no draft one. or whatever it was. No one's like the. We live in a space where people are trying to, to, to find accountability for the people who make decisions, and the decisions that were made by Jerry Krause throughout his tenure are a big part, like not just a little part, a big part of why the Bulls had success. Were there moments where you had a lot of egos at play? A hundred percent. Uh, there's egos all over the place, including Phil Jackson. His ego is super large, and he was he was cheered. And Phil Jackson has turned into quite the clown. But there's a, an appreciation of what he did to bring the six championships to Chicago. There not being that same level of appreciation for Jerry Krause is, is troubling, and the people who were booing him, regardless if if his w- widow was there or not, like you're a bad guy, and you you need to you need to know that you need to know that you're a bad guy. I would like for to doing just, that, and I would like to add something that, that we didn't have time to 
get into yesterday. But uh, this, I want to play a piece of audio. This is Jerry Krause addressing the fans at the United Center. This is like when Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler, this is the beginning of that era, beginning of that season. This is Jerry Krause addressing Bulls fans at the United Center. One more very important group of people. They're the most important group of people. As many of you know, I'm a native Chicagoan. I was born here. I was raised here. I've had the opportunity to come back and be a part of a great organization here and have a lot of fun over the last 18 years. And with every player that's come in here, we've said you're going to play before the best fans in the world, in the greatest city in the world. Oh, that was Jerry Krause, too. Yeah. I, I, he was breaking into Gabby Johnson for a moment there, right? Hey, he was born here. Hey, we live here. And hey, I'm going to die here. I'm going to die here. This texter, I, I believe, deserves a response. 708, respect for the dead is a bad argument. You had Terry Bores a few weeks ago to bury Bobby Knight posthumously. Here's the thing about that, texter. We're not even talking about respecting the dead. Jerry Krause, to, to, from what we know, is not was not actively a bad person. Right. It, it, and it wasn't just... Bobby a, Knight was actively a bad person. But it was, it, I think you made the point, too, that it's the point of the night was to honor people, Correct. not dishonor them. Not flog them. People are allowed to have whatever opinion. I'm not a big, I'm not a big, you know, don't say, don't speak ill of the dead guy either I'm, at, at all, because I think that's actively wrong. I think that the don't speak ill of the dead is what has enabled a lot of bad behavior throughout right. history. But that, think, that oh, isn't fa- this. Father McFeely died. Oh, let's say all the nice things. Well, but we won't talk about that stuff. We, we, we don't, no, 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 no. Don't, don't bring that up. We don't talk about that. But that's not what this is. This isn't someone who perpetrated a, a crime. This isn't someone who was cruel to people. This, this wasn't someone who was running. He was, had one step ahead of the law. Guess what? There are plenty of people that were cheered that should have been booed. Like, that's not the standard. Like, if, if you're talking about, like, the reason why you have to tell the whole story with Bobby Knight is because Bobby Knight was a bad person, but a great coach. And that's what you have to, basically, Jerry Krause was just awkward. And he didn't go, a, a, go he didn't look a way that necessarily people wanted him to look, and he was made fun of because of it. Was he an ass sometimes? Yeah. To try and get stuff done or to try to get his point across. And that that team at the end, while we all romanticize the idea that they would have easily won two more championships, it seems like all of them were kind of tired by then. It was ready over. To move on. It was coming apart at the seams. It was over, and everybody knew it. Some people would say it in private, but not in public. But everybody knew it. It couldn't hold together anymore. It was well understood. It couldn't hold together anymore. Let's hear what Charles Barkley had to say last night about the booing. I want to be very careful here because 
you know, Chicago, I love that city, but what happened in Chicago the other night was a disgrace. It was a flat-out disgrace. The booing of Jerry Krause, the his, late Jerry Krause. The, the booing of his having that, that, his yeah. wife cry like that, that was wrong on so many levels. Michael and Scotty and Dennis not showing up, that was wrong. It was a complete disgrace to the legacy of the Chicago Bulls. They are a, they've always been a great, great organization. But to, 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 for that thing to go down like that, not to have the greatest player in your organization there and won six championships and Dennis and Scotty and first of all, they, I don't even know why you would put 100 guys in the ring of honor anyway. That's just stupid. But what those fans did to Mrs. Krause, that was not cool. And we, as we they, they owe that lady, everybody involved that owe that lady an apology. Whether you like Jerry Krause or not, that man's dead. Rest in peace. His wife is there. And y'all made that lady cry. And that was total BS. Wife, kids, grandkids. Yeah, that was wrong, Very man. Good. To have that lady crying like that, that hurt my heart watching that yeah, thing. It was. That was painful, and and yeah, again, that's not an indictment of all Chicago fans by any means, but those who Boot. chose to yes. go that way. Yeah, I'm with you, and thanks for bringing that up. That was last night, the NBA on TNT. When we come back, we're going to talk to an old friend from The Athletic, our guy John Greenberg. He's going to be a part of the festivities this evening or this overnight. Tonight's Score Overnights is back. There's a one-night special honoring the life of Les Grobstein, and Mark Grody is going to host the overnight hours from midnight to 5 a.m., sharing memories of the Grobber and celebrating him. That's starting midnight tonight right here on The Score. Longtime Grobstein fan John Greenberg is uh, a lot of topics to talk to. You, about. you talk about someone, you know, the, the Jordanites. Greenberg is a Grobsteinite. Yeah, yeah, pathologically so, I think. I yes. was there. He's going to join us next on The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. In Odyssey, in Odyssey Station. Station. Goal from the three, direct snap. Pacheco fakes the pitch, bounces left into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. And you saw it, you paid for Peacock, and you watched it, and that was it. And, yep. and, and you complained, and you complained, and you complained, and you whined, and you whinged about it, and it didn't matter because you paid for it, and you saw it, and the NFL knows it, and they know they've got you, and all of your shrying about it isn't going to do anything. And, and they know that their partners have got you, whether it's Paramount or yeah. Prime. 
you're going to pay for it. That's we that is something I think that it's significant that we have now stepped into the era of pay for NFL playoff games because I don't think it's going to stop. And I can tell you that the place that it's probably going is if they could do this for a playoff game. Hmm. I wonder what they could do for the most watched event in the United States. Hmm. Joining us now to talk about that and a whole lot more is John Greenberg. He is the founding editor and senior columnist for The Athletic in Chicago. He is at John underscore Greenberg. He is not only on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline, he's on twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. How you been, John? What's up? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, glad you're staying warm. We are doing our best. It's working out well for me. Not as well for Dan. Um, John, what did you think of the Peacock phenomenon this weekend? Are you of the of the same mind as people like Warren Sharp that this was a a really well done setup by NBC and their relationship with showing Taylor Swift to set it up and have the Chiefs game be on Peacock? <laughs> That's a great point. Um, yeah, listen, I think all we ever talk about now when it comes to linear TV is how linear TV is over <laughs> and like the streaming is the future. So. People were like, you know, and it's not just one way either, right? Because all I ever hear from people is like, you, you, it almost feels like people like on Twitter or whatever shame you now if you just have cable. Like, what do you mean? I cut the cord, you know, two years ago. What are you, an idiot paying paying DirecTV or Comcast? Well, guess what? This is what's going to happen. When everyone cuts the cord, people are going to start to look for other ways to make money. And that's why you're seeing everyone really get into streaming. That's why ESPN has gone so far into it now with their ESPN+. Plus. So this is going to happen. Like, I, I don't like it because you can't, at least for most people yet right now, it's like hard to change channels when you're streaming stuff. It's it's a more of a pain in the neck to do. So if you're like me, someone who likes to flip during commercials, you know, that's an issue. But yeah, I think we'll definitely see. I don't know if we'll see the Super Bowl in it, but there'll be experiment with it for sure. At least alternative broadcasts, right? Yeah, I I would think so. I mean, but they're reining that back into like I don't know how you can monetize endless alternative broadcasts. At some point, right. I'm not saying full monoculture, but you you can't cannibalize your own audience indefinitely, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I could see them doing the Manning cast on ESPN Plus and things like that. Maybe just like you got to find something that people you know will want on its own. You know, and you're right. You don't want to cannibalize the whole audience, but maybe like a small portion of it. But yeah. So, I mean, they'll they'll never do it fully with the Super Bowl because the money there is getting every single person on earth to watch. It's not just for the niche, you know, NFL fans there. So, but yeah, I I mean, I don't think it worked too poorly. I thought the rewind was kind of annoying, but I guess people that watch a lot of soccer already know this. Yep. That is definitely the case. Dan and I and, and the, the whole show were texting yesterday. Tony Romo was really bad again uh, on, on the national broadcast. And I think it now, John, I don't know about you, but to me it's starting to, to rise to the level of concern about the guy and the broadcast itself where he's missing plays. He even admitted at one point, he's like, oh, I was looking at something else instead of looking at this important play that that we are discussing. What's CBS going to do? Because it, it, it's, it started so well, and now it seems to be going poorly. 
Yeah, he's bad. Um, and he doesn't seem like he prepares a lot, judging by his comment that Jalen Warren, he didn't really know like that he was good. I mean, like, it's not a secret, buddy. Um, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the A-Rod phenomenon a few years ago. Remember when everyone was really excited for like a year when A-Rod started doing baseball, how funny he was and knowledgeable. And it was the same thing with Romo when he was guessing plays, which most quarterbacks could probably guess because of the down and distance and the situation. Um, it's a, it's a, it reminds me a lot of the A-Rod thing because now then it became like people couldn't stand A-Rod on the broadcast because it was obvious he wasn't doing the work. And I feel the same with Romo. He's just not good. He's just un. He's he. You're right, Lawrence. It's becoming a concern because now it's become a distraction of how bad he is. You also were there firsthand to observe what happened on Friday night at the United Center, and now we're getting sort of the the thoughts about the thoughts and the yeah, after right. effects of the effects. I was uh, uh, sort of dismayed at the naivete of the Chicago Tribune editorial board coming in from on high with their thoughts that, well, it's Michael Jordan's responsibility to say something that will heal this divide. First of all, he never would because he wouldn't want to. And even if he did, nothing's going to get undone. That, That thing's over. It's just over. I was I was a little surprised that they sort of parentally called on Michael Jordan to come in and, and try to thaw the ice here. Yeah, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't put too much stock in the Chicago Tribune editorials. They've been bad for, you know, a long, long time. But like uh yeah, I don't I saw I think Morrissey wrote that too, that it was all Jordan's fault. I mean, like really like we're blaming Mike Michael Jordan wasn't there I I was shocked he even knew about it to record a video someone must have told him this was going on because I had no there were people that were surprised he didn't show up and I would assume the you two joined me in not being surprised that he didn't not one show bit. up yeah I, mean, I never I never I even gave coming. it a second thought that he would no I didn't think which which does does raise the question of if you knew he wasn't going to be there should you have done it Thank you for saying yeah. raise the question and not beg the question. Beg, by the right. way. It also Thank begs you. the question Stop. too, Dan. Stop. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. no, I, you know, they planned this. They, what did they say? Two, six weeks ago. I know I went to my emails and saw it was a month ago when they sent us the email saying this was going to happen. Obviously it's a bit of a hastily planned thing. It's a marketing thing. It's like, Hey, what can we do this year to, to maybe distract people from the bad basketball or to like promote the brand of the bulls? Like, Oh, we've never had a ring of honor. Let's do that. I would say if you're going to plan something, if you're trying to plan something and, and demand Michael Jordan's there, that's going to be pretty tough because I don't think, I think Jordan at turning 61 pretty much only does things he wants to do. Mm-hmm. So unless you're going to have it at his Jupiter area country club and have it there, which, which I had Tony Kukoc would love just to go play golf. But like, I don't think otherwise you're getting Michael in. I, I think he's past the smile and wave phase of his career as a public, as a public figure. But yeah, I was there. It was super awkward, Dan and Lawrence, um, really awkward situation. It was so awkward that even like jaded reporters were like, felt awful. Like even people would like to have no connection with the Krauss family. It was to see her face on the video board. And that's, it wasn't the TV fault. It was the video board. You know, they, they went to her and I, this happens quickly. I get it. But like, you know, you heard the loud boos. And then they went to this little old lady sitting there. And then it's like, it was just such a bad feeling. Um, that's all people, you know, media people I talked to afterwards. That's all we could talk about. And I'm getting texts from people, 
you know, that work in media and stuff out that weren't there, like, oh my God, how bad is this? So it was, uh, it was not good. And, and I thought it was really weird that they announced the team, you know, that went in the 95, 96 team, but they didn't announce them individually. Yeah. Like, I didn't even realize who some of these, I was like, wait, was Steve Curry even out here? And he was like hidden in the, the corner, like, man, I don't know. That was not great. <laughs> Yeah, it, it seemed like like an ugly night, and I don't know how you avoid this going forward. I guess maybe you're not going to have this problem because that team is already in, but ideally you would have a night where Michael Jordan himself would put in. Do you just ask him to name the night, and then you figure out? Because he did show up to that North Carolina thing. Was that last right. year? You know, So I, I do think there's still a little bit of, of smiling and waving that he's willing to do, right. but – I don't know. Like the whole thing is is a really really strange way to to kind of go about all of this stuff. But beyond what what we're talking about with this, you've spent a lot of time around the Bears this season, asking some hard questions here and there too to their head coach and about their head coach. What's your feeling on on their choice to keep Matt Eberflus? I mean, it's not surprising because we all could kind of see this coming by the way they were talking about him. And the fact, you know, the only wild card in it for me was was how Kevin Warren felt about him because we hadn't heard that in a while. We'd only heard, you know, what time he's getting up. Like, you know, what if he was waking up at 4.30 in the morning and he was having, you know, bad thoughts? But, uh, <laughs> no, that's, that story's being written as we speak. I, I believe right. his, his personal scrivener is, is following him around <laughs> taking notes. So I'm not surprised. I, listen, are they setting their sights kind of low? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think with all these coaches out there, like it would be interesting if if Ryan Poles had the boldness, if he was Ryan Bolds, and you know to look at some of these other coaches out there, like what Jed Hoyer, obviously, you know we're local, so we're going to say what Jed Hoyer did here with Craig Council, but yeah, and, I, and I, Joe Madden, what Theo did, right, right, exactly, and with Joe, I like exactly, so like yeah, I think they're just not being very bold, and that doesn't surprise me. I, I guess. You know, Ryan Poles feels connected to Eberflus over what they've gone through the last two years. I will say, you know, when you go through Eberflus's record, like I don't pin everything on the first year on him because of all the trades they made that were kind of unusual to happen during a season. But yeah, I mean, we all thought he was a goner, you know, the way they started. Now, was the rebound kind of, a, is that something they really should be looking at as reason to keep him? I don't, I don't know about that because like, you're starting to, it's starting to be like, remind me of what happened a couple of years ago. And you guys have talked about this with, with uh pace and, and with, uh, with Nagy when they were like, Oh, the, you know, the resolve they showed during their six game losing streak was just so special. This was kind of the same thing, right? Like, yeah. Oh man, the guys never stopped playing for them. We're like, yeah, they're professionals. Like this isn't college. This isn't high school. These guys are playing for their jobs and themselves. They're not playing for Matt Eberflus every day. I mean, it's like, you got to, we got to kind of rid ourselves of that kind of mentality, not us personally, but in general is like sports society and sports media society that these guys play for their coaches. Like, yeah. I mean, like if they really like the coach and they're really connected to him, but this is just, it's their job. So I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to be any good, if he can hire good coaches. I thought polls this thing about him hiring good assistant coaches was Probably something we should have pressed a little more about. It was it was, a, it was a that bizarre was, that was thing that they that they talked about. Like to me, it gets the re the result that I want, John. Where I want polls more in charge of that than I want Eberflus. Mm -hmm. But I also think that that speaks to 
what Dan has said, where if you have to do that, if you have to governor your coach from hiring coaches, should he be your coach? No, 100%. It was like with the Pat Fitzgerald stuff. Like, they weren't allowed to be in the – the players weren't allowed to be in their locker room by themselves. Oh, that's when you fire the coach, right? Like, if you have to, if you have to put that clause in there, like, that you need right. a babysitter. We're hiring okay. a special monitor to make sure our coach yeah. doesn't allow these guys to sexually assault yeah. each other. Okay, right. so fine. It's like the same, you're right, Lawrence. It's like, yeah, if he can't do this, then – I don't know. It just seems like they're kicking the can down the road a little bit. Yeah, the, so. the, the comp that I made, John, was would you remember when Illinois stripped Ron Zook of all of his head coaching powers but kept him <laughs> as head coach? They, they hired like, well, this guy's going to run the clock for you. Here's your offensive guy, your defensive guy, your special teams guy. You can still be head coach. You just can't do anything. And I'm thinking, well, then why are you keeping him? Right. I mean, and there's so many coaches available right now. It is kind of crazy. But, you know, this is the Bears, and, like, as the more things change, you know, the more things stay the same. It's like, I hate to say that, but, like, you know, it's like you can't just yell at the clouds because, like, you just know this is how it works there. It's just – I think people always want this idea of dramatic change, and a lot of the teams in town, man, just does not happen. So what are you looking forward to tonight as you go on with Mark Grody at some point to memorialize your guy, Les Grobstein? <laughs> Well, we're going to, we're going to do our, um, we did this last year and we did it again this year, our bum of the year, uh, candidates. Uh, well, so we'll talk about that, trying to keep that alive for, uh, Les's honor. Oh, give me a sneak peek. Give me somebody. Well, we, we, I put a poll out on Twitter. Um, and I mean, there's, there's a clear leader right now. Can you guys guess who the clear leader of bum of the year is in Chicago sports? Ooh. Jerry Reinsdorf. Rick Hahn. Uh, Lawrence is correct. Okay. It is it is Jerry right now. I think Aaron Rodgers is second. We like to put Aaron Rodgers in there to honor the grobber. You know, some sure. yes. Packers sure. or X-Packers. Put Charles Martin in there. <laughs> if you really want to honor so, him, you put Forrest Gregg and Charles Martin on there. So we're going to talk about that, and we'll probably share some memories of Les. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've driven home this year wishing Les was on the radio or just after an event being like, especially the Bears start. Like imagine Les after that opener with the Packers. I mean, that would have been that would have been pure, unadulterated Grobstein right there. So. Or the closer against the yeah, Packers. Yeah, the one thing, I know we're, we're running out of time here, but the one thing, John, that I always found, I never quite have been able to determine your Grobstein fandom is as much about the idea of the grobber as it is about actually listening to this. Like, I, like to me, I, it's clear that you romanticize the idea of <laughs> local, overnight, quirky, different, unique, like the, the sui generis nature yes. of him, his audience, the relationship with his audience. Like, and, and I get it that you are a fan, but there's also a different level of sort of observational appreciation of, the, of right. what it represents. No, 100%. It was great just to listen to because this, the, the callers were so weird. And he's so less is like, you know, you couldn't really have a lot of con- like linear conversations with him all the time about right. things. So he's a character, but I, I love the show because when I would drive home late, especially when I used to cover a lot more games, like this is going to keep me up and this yep. is going to keep me going, especially once I moved to the suburbs and, and the, the rides got a little longer. 
Like I would love it when like Schuster would call in after being at a game and then Schuster and Les would talk. One time I, I was in the parking lot, like who is this crazy person talking to Les? And it was Tellender. He had called in. <laughs> so it was like, it is. You're right though, Dan. I do love the idea of Potash used to call in at 3.30 in the morning. Oh man. I mean, Potash, like, I mean, he loved Les because they're both like trivia nerds. You know, no one knows more than Potsy about anything. But yeah, I, I do. I love the idea of the community and this late local overnight host. You know, something obviously is not really coming back. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad the tapes were burned from Salt Lake City when Dan McNeil and I were drunk and high and crashed the Grobstein show. <laughs> that we was are too. That was a night. <laughs> well, well, hopefully someone has those. If we ever start the Chicago sports uh media hall of fame that i've <laughs> yeah. talked about with potsy and paul sullivan of getting like an area together with everyone's papers almost like a presidential library oh, god if we can get some grobber oh, no. uh, tapes that would be awesome oh no no I, I hope those tapes are long gone or we're all canceled forever <laughs> might happen also any tapes of the boars and bernstein show any segment of 17 years we're all canceled forever they're all on youtube they're all john on, yeah, we appreciate the time man thanks so much for joining us hey anytime guys thank you for having me that is the affable John Greenberg of The Athletic. Next up, I think Craig Council is my favorite person in the world because of an opinion that he offered at Cubs convention. It's next. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. We've studied this a lot, and there's certainly a, 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 a real tangible number of wins I think a good manager can get you. I think on the downside, it's it's, it's obviously not um, there's a number, but like I, I think on the downside, it's really massive that when a when a manager or a coach in any sport loses the clubhouse and they lose respect to the players when the, when it when their message doesn't connect, the downside is so big, and that's one of those things. This is not ever going to happen to to Craig Council, and it's a great that's a great feeling. You don't ever have to worry about that. That's Jed Hoyer. Jed Hoyer's baseball thoughts are top of mind. And we know about from the poster. We know from the the, the big the Cubs poster saying, you're going to come to this Cubs convention. And sure, Craig Council, but biggest font, Jed Hoyer and his baseball brain <laughs> will be there on display. Okay, cool. Well, it was so nice. And it's, uh, the Cubs convention is always nice. But it was so nice to hear some particular words from Jed Hoyer's hand-picked new manager, Craig Council, about what he likes and specifically what he does not like. I'm all, I'm, I've got bunting on my head already. Well, so just do bunting. <laughs> bunting. Um, look, so you can, the, like my record will show I do not like to bunt. That'll very clearly show that. Um, however, like it's, it's, bunting is like, what is the situation? Do I have a player who's good at it? Does the situation call for it? Um, and then if it does and it makes sense, we do it. Um, in general, like bunting is the, the one thing that I always like to explain to fans is that bunting is much harder than people think. And it is not a guaranteed successful play as much as we'd like it to be. I think we love the word sacrifice. It's it's a great word. Like I'm sacrificing for the team. It and it's it's true. You are sacrificing for the team, and we all want to sacrifice for the team. However, 
If the sacrifice isn't successful, it's not good for the team. Oh, I love you. You don't give away outs. And you know what else I loved? The applause. Did you hear yeah, that? There, there are a lot of people who have moved in the direction yes. of understanding. Yes. If he had said that 10 years ago, what do you mean you don't like bunting? Bunting is a, it's old time station to station baseball. They applauded Cubs fans. The kind of Cubs fans that would go to Cubs convention applauded the fact that he didn't like bunting. That's so awesome. I'm so happy about that. I told you the last manager was too bunty. Yeah. Even though the stats said. Yeah, but we were watching the games, Dan, and we knew the situations Mm -hmm. where he was bunting, Mm -hmm. and it was too bunty. Too bunty. I I am not a no bunt absolute. uh, absolute. Nobody is. Nobody is, Lawrence. I think that especially in extra inning games, if you're at home, and if, I think, if, and if the batter sucks, but he's good at bunting, right? If the game and if the game's tied, sure, I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for you advancing the the Manfred man from second to third, and then getting him home with a fly ball or a base hit if you can. I. Sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? And I knew I know that you have to look at, well, this guy can't hit. I agree with counsel in the fact that just because a guy can't hit doesn't mean that he can bunt. Like, it, re- it really doesn't. It used to mean that, that that's the way a guy would stick around if he wasn't a good offensive player where he might have had this extra skill of, oh, well, this guy can lay down a bunt in a, in a situation. There's not... There are not a lot of people that are capable of doing that now. And when you're throwing out fresh arms at ends of games where it's guys who are throwing 100 miles an hour and they're throwing 94-mile-per-hour sliders that are hard to get a hold of, I think it makes it even more difficult. I just It was just great to hear. It was great to hear him say it like he said it and to hear that kind of reaction to it. It tells me that at least we're, we're we're starting off this marriage on the right foot. Your people are winning. That's part unlike of the Bulls. <laughs> oh, you got to do it that way. You got to do. Sorry, the Bulls like we got to transition into the, they. They played like they two terrible. magnificent quarters, and then the the bookends of the quarters were not great last night. They were they they were terrible, and and the moment they took that lead, Cleveland's like, oh, we're interested again. Goodbye. Let's let's shoot some threes. Didn't they shoot like fifty five? How many threes did they shoot? They were crushing it from three. How many did they? And, but seriously, how many did they take last night? Well, look it up. I'm uh, look it up, up, and then we can talk to Cody Westerlin about it. We will do that next on the score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 